passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. We're streaming live, youtube.com slash at Odyssey Sports. Thanks, everyone, who's watching us live there. Uh, we're checking it out, of course, after the fact. Uh, if you want to ask us a question live in the digital studio, you can check the StreamYard link on my Twitter, on Logan's Instagram. Uh, that's what Tom has done. Oh, Tom V, uh, going to hop in with us. Tom, what's your, uh, what's your question? And thanks for, for hopping on with us. Hey, what's up? Appreciate you guys. Uh, so my question is kind of, you guys talked about variance with the offense last time. And while I'll admit the offensive idea of increasing offensive variance with our pass pro looking at, up against Bosa, Garrett, Parsons coming up, yeah. that makes me a bit nervous. But do you think there's potential for more defensive variance once you get Benjamin St. Juice back? You have Bobby McCain rolling in the slot more often and potentially sort of, yes, you might have a bit more risk factored in as you maybe play, look to play a little more man coverage in some high, high, high pressure situations. But I don't know. It's just a thought I had and curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I appreciate the question a lot, Tom. Um, first, I think, Logan, let's describe variance because I, I think that uh, what Tom's talked about is a little bit more process. And we often use the variance term in terms of results, right? It's like we see a wide amount of variance because Taylor Heineke is not consistent in his accuracy. Or we see a wide amount of variance because Carson Wentz is not consistent with his decision making. But inviting that, inviting more decisions to be made, inviting some higher risk is, is something we can talk about from the process standpoint as well. So what do you think about Tom's thought of inv- being a bit more aggressive on defense, trusting that back end a little bit more uh, in a way that maybe you didn't earlier in the season? Yeah. So I think that's a really good question. Um, I think that it, it is interesting. I think when you look at like defensive variants, I think the New York giants are a really good example of what that looks like. You're basically incurring high, ro- high reward and high kind of, problem i don't know the other way to word that right like you're, you're basically saying like either we're gonna get beat for a big play or we're gonna get a sack or we're gonna get a turnover or whatever it may be incomplete pass so um i think teams that aren't talented defensively want to incur more variance right you want to kind of throw a lot at the offense see if you can get them to make a mistake and then once they make a mistake, you're able to capitalize and put your team in a better position to be successful. They have to do that in part because they're not very talented. They're not very talented in the back end. They're not very talented at the linebacker position. I'm not saying that they don't have. I'm not saying those people don't deserve to be in the NFL. They do. But when you kind of go around and say, if I wanted a secondary from the division, I think the Giants would probably be the last in last place at the moment, just because of health issues and things like that. The thing with the Commanders 
is that they are a, a, a fairly talented group. You know, I think they, they are they're playing at a high level. They're very consistent. The defensive line is very good. They're able to cultivate pressure with the front four. And as a result, you don't need to encourage as much variance because you trust your matchups. You trust that your guys are going to win. It's like the teams, you know, high school football is interesting, college football. Um, teams engage with the air raid offense because they don't have enough pieces to consistently win running the football, for example, right? It's the same thing here defensively. So I would say that, yes, there is a, there is space against better teams like San Francisco, for example, um, maybe Dallas, where you want to bring a little bit more variance in. And, and I, to Jack's credit, to Jack's credit, he does a good job of bringing variance, but not in the ways that people think. He brings variance in terms of disguising coverages and kind of calling coverages in specific situations to kind of confound what he's been showing so far. So even though he's not pressuring a ton necessarily, he does a good job or he has done a good job of doing that. So I think that's important to understand. I think this is a better team. I don't think I don't think they want variance. I think they want to kind of stand toe to toe with you and say, give us your best shot because we can eat it and we we'll, and we we give better than we get here. Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I think that's the right play most often. I th I think that there is chances potentially to and, and like San Francisco is the, the ultimate wild card in this because we just don't know what Brock Purdy is yet. Like as we're taping this at 7:15 on Thursday night, uh, we'll probably finish this and then go sit on our couches and watch Thursday night football and we'll we'll have a better idea of what Brock Purdy is uh going into next week on Christmas Eve, but if he's a guy who proves he can't really handle blitz pressure, he doesn't see it fast enough, he can't handle it, then perhaps it, it's worth heating him up a little bit. And to to Tom's question, like St. Juice allows you to do that because yeah. you're you're ultimately manipulating percentages and your percentage of giving up a big play when you have better players on the back end is much lower. It's actually you're actually not inviting the variance because sure. you're still creating an advantage. It's just bringing more variety into the offense and or the defense in terms of play calling, um, and, and I would say raising the ceiling of good outcomes without really damaging the floor, mm. because Saint Juiced is someone who can actually, you know, basically what happens when you go cover zero, you you blitz whatever it may be, and you leave those things that on the back end, like you're relying on one player to make a play when the ball is going to go there. You're dictating to the quarterback, hey, there's your one on one matchup. If you like it, go ahead and throw it. We're comfortable with it. And St. Juice is you, you like those odds. Uh when when he's out there versus Christian Holmes versus frankly even Kendall Fuller versus Danny Johnson. And so I think especially, you know, the other the other element of this Logan is looking specific to this weekend, how many resources and this isn't really like a aggressive conservative, you know, calculation, but how many resources or, or what kind of resources do you commit to the run this weekend and trying to stop Daniel Jones in a way that they didn't two weeks ago now that you feel more comfortable playing man coverage on the back end with St. Juice back in there? I mean, I think we've talked about this. We talked about this on the Tuesday show is the uh, or the Wednesday show is the idea that like Philly was able to kind of go a little bit more aggressive man-to-man -man coverage, mess up some of the timing routes, match up with some stuff, commit more resources to stopping the run. Um, and I, when I look at this team, for example, I, you know, I think obviously Benjamin St. Juice allows you to do that. I think, again, I think Jack deserves a lot of like sneaky credit here. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously there's this thing, oh, we can play a lot of man, let's play man. But I think he does a good job of kind of knowing who the defense is at its core. They're a cover three match defense, right? And so how do we 
that's that's our main punch. That's our jab. That's what we're going to throw consistently, right? But when we need a knockout punch, like what's the coverage we're going to go to? Is it going to be a cover two invert? Is it going to be a man coverage? Is it going to be a zero? And so I look at what he did against Philly, and it was zero, right? I look against what like the Giants in the first game, it was a cover two invert, and he called it at the right moments to kind of befuddle and kind of confuse. Not not even not a kind of he confused Daniel Jones enough where the pressure's able to get home and they're able to get sacks. So I think that that's that's kind of the nuance here is that this team is not a blitzing team. Right, they don't they don't bring a ton of pressure. So you know, playing a little bit more man, it's really just a change up to what you do, and enough of a change up to kind of confound what the quarterback wants to do. And so um, I think Jack's uh, Jack's done a really nice job of that and deserves a ton of credit. And I think he will probably abide by a similar principle. You know, as much as we say commit all these resources to stopping the run, after watching the Giants again today for a couple hours, I was like, man, this team is really, really well coached. They really are schematically very, very sound. And so don't get out of what you do well because you know how to match up versus all these different looks and all these different structures, all these different motions, all these different shifts. And I think you feel much better about that. So as much as like the gut instinct on Tuesday is let's stop the run, let's commit everything to that. They're so well coached and they get in so many kind of games plan specific runs and pass concepts and keepers and boots. Be, be who you are, be what you're good at. And, you know, I don't think the Giants are capable of consistently executing against this defense for long stretches of time, which I think bodes well for the team. Yeah, so that gets into like the coaching side of it and, and what it means to be well coached. And and I think that, you know, we did a good job uh, or you did a good job and then I was able to, to find the film to back it up uh, of showing like defensively, right, what Martindale does. And and you were explaining in, in great detail how he manipulates the rules of what it is that the mm. commanders were trying to do protection-wise, right? Same thing goes for what you're talking about on the offensive side. It's like, we're going to try to get you in personnel that we find advantageous to us. We're going to try to move them around the field and create right. things that are good for us. And the the funny thing is, while we talk about all these options that the commanders have, um, and this goes really on both sides of the ball, but sp talking specifically to their defense, like with the versatility, right? They can play McCain in the slot. They can play him deep. They can play curl in the box. They can play him deep. Forrest can come down to the box. McCain can play nickel. Curl can play the Buffalo nickel. Uh, you know, Jamin's all over the place. Like they have all these different options for what they can do. Cinco front, four down. They sometimes play it at what it winds up looking like a true three, four. Like they have all different kinds of options they can do defensively. That stuff actually winds up getting you in trouble against a team like the Giants because the Giants will manipulate it and move you around and they quickly adapt and quickly adjust and will use motions, use shifts. And it's not that all that stuff can't be useful. It's that when it's not what you're comfortable with, you increase your chances of making mental right. mistakes. And so for Washington this weekend, like I think it's it's just finding the the simple things um, that they do well, like you like you were saying, and just, you know, figure out what, yeah, the Giants are trying to ultimately accomplish this. Can we see through the window dressing and can we be solid in, in our assignments and, and go from there? Yeah, I mean, you know, usually like I, I, I coach, I help, I consult with a couple of guys on the team and they ask me to like say, hey, can you find tendencies in these on these specific plays in these certain situations? And golly, man, credit to uh, Kafka and, and Brian Dayball. They just do a really nice job of saying the second you think you've got something oh, on this short motion versus a heavy personnel, they, they run duo. It seems like 85% of the time. The next play, seemingly, they run a play action pass. 
right? And they just do a really good job of unsettling you and saying, oh, the tight end's a little bit deep on this play. They like to bring him back from that look. And then it's like, no, they're running zone read to the front side. And you're just like, that is so unsettling and so disconcerting for defensive players who are constantly looking for edges, right? And so um, what I would, yeah, again, it kind of goes back to my main point. It's like, as much as you want to bring something new and do something different and really stress this Giants defense, I think, again, Jack does that. It's not in the demonstrative way that like we as fans or we as analysts want necessarily, but he does that. And he's, he manages to keep his guys in a comfortable situation, right? Where they're able to kind of be at their best. Like I, I think about, you know, this is something really good that Jack did. On the first drive, they're running a lot of counter, right? And counter is basically, you know, you're going to pull the backside guard. They have the tight end on the front side who's going to release, kind of act like he's going to block and release. The, the defensive end's eyes are on the, uh, on the tight end, and then he gets kicked out. And then the other tight end leads up inside on the linebacker. So they were getting eat up on this counter play. And then Jack, to his credit, just calls a little bit of line stunt, says, you know, the defensive end is going to pinch. The linebacker is going to flow over the top. James Smith-Williams smokes the guard right in the face, and the run's dead. And then it's like they're out of sync. They're off schedule. They put your defense in a good spot. So just kind of sprinkling in a little bit of that, understanding what they're doing. He got him again later on an outside zone. Like, he deserves a lot of credit for calling really nice defensive games and putting his guys in situations where – you know, he gets a feel for what they're doing, the Giants are doing offensively, and then it's able to kind of subvert that expectation and get the guys in a good spot. So as much as the Giants are kind of disguising stuff and, and breaking tendencies, and they deserve a lot of credit for that and finding little game plan, plan wrinkles, Jack deserves a ton of credit for that first game of saying, hey, this is what we're doing. These are the adjustments we're going to make and then executing them. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a really fun chess match to watch this week, I think. So Ron actually had an interesting comment along those lines in his press conference Wednesday. Um, and he said, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do, and he's like, you know, I know Jack's trying to do this, is not have to adjust so much in games. Like, he's really happy, Ron is. And to a point, Jack is satisfied with, like, the adjustments they're making in-game, but they would like to not have to make them because they're getting beat so much first. Right. And trying to do a better job uh now I'm, I'm i'm expanding out on his comments but trying to do a better job of scouting uh and and getting ahead on the game plan side of it and the preparation side that you're not making an adjustment you know a quarter and a half into the game because the team's mm-hmm. continuously hitting something on you because it like those minutes count those games count you know uh, every everything once you start kickoff week one it all counts and it's one thing to be able to dig yourself out of a hole like they have in a season or to come back in an individual game. But if you can figure out what it is that that's making you so vulnerable early on and make your life a little bit easier, that is obviously going to be better. And so that's something they looked at in terms of their self scout during the bye week was what processes can we have to sure up some of this scouting and then obviously in game, make these adjustments even faster, although they've done a good job of adjusting and shutting some things down this season. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's the thing with the Giants specifically. Like, obviously, versus like Philadelphia, I think is a good example. They kind of do what they do. They they're not gonna change who they are to meet you because they're really good. They're very very talented, and why would they do that? The Giants, however, I think they understand that they are limited, so they're always looking, seemingly always looking for kind of different edges and different wrinkles and different ways to get to the stuff they want to get to. And I think that's what makes it tough with the Giants to kind of predict where they're going to be at to predict what they're going to do um you know i had a conversation with ron about protections today and i said you know how do you kind of predict what 
Wink's going to do. And he says, well, what we got to do is we got to look at what he did last time. We got to look at what he's done against teams like us and then see if we can kind of prep the guys based on that. And I think there's some similar elements to that when looking at what Jack's doing, right, in terms of self-scouting the defense. It's basically saying, like, you know, this is what um, – you know, this is this is this is what they did versus I don't know Jacksonville or whoever. Jacksonville doesn't run the same defense as them anymore, but whoever it is, and saying, you know, can we derive something from this? But there's also an evolution you can tell from the Giants over the course of the season too. So it, it's just it, it. I feel I feel I feel bad for Jack because there's no possible way. The only way is to kind of get Scott in the room and be like, how would you attack the defense? And Scott's perspective is going to be much different than Kafka's perspective. So it's, right. it's from a defensive perspective, it's it's tough. It's very, very tough to kind of be predictive as opposed to not being reactive because that's essentially the nature of, of defense. And I guess my point is that Jack has done a nice job of being has, – has done a nice job in, in high leverage shift situations, at least in the first Giants game, of dictating certain responses, which is great. Right. So I guess how do you do that, to your point, in the first quarter, which is which is more challenging. Right. But then again, then the Giants adjust, and then the next, you yeah. know, the and adjustment. It's, like, it's, it's like, like a matching yeah, yeah. game of adjustments. So yeah. um, that's always that's always the hard part is can you can you ultimately make the one that there isn't something to come back from? Like it's just yeah. like oh, we're screwed now. And I will say this though about the Giants, they do do a good job in the first half of kind of coming out with this thing that you're like, man, we weren't ready for this. It's not. But the second you kind of figure that out they don't do a great job of like, that's kind of their thing. That's like their punch. They're not good enough to be like, all right, they're doing this. Now we're going to switch to this. Like they just can't pass protect well enough. They don't have enough skill position guys. Right. So they're kind of, I don't want to say they're screwed because they're still a good football team in, in, in other ways and coaching and adjustments. But that's like the main thing that gets in their yardage that gets you, gets you excited about them is because they've, they've got this little wrinkle that you haven't been expecting. Right. So once you figure it out, it's like, that's it. And I think you kind of felt that in the first game, you felt it against Philly. You felt it against Detroit when you watched those games. You felt it against Dallas once they're like, okay, this is what they're doing. All right, this is what this is our response. Then it's like, now what? New York. And I think that's going right. to be interesting as well to watch. Right.